going to attempt to get through this really, really quickly so that we don't keep you for too, too long. All right, so title of my sermon today is, get your swimsuit on. So I thought, <laughs> like, what are you doing with my swim trunks? I'm like, I'm using them today. Okay, I'm going to try to balance this here. Okay, so there's, there's a bathing suit. Here's Daryl's bathing suit trunks. <laughs> we match. There we go. Okay. So, um, Daryl and I booked a trip to Cuba. <laughs> I'm going to pick this up. This is kind of bugging me. It's a little chunk of Kleenex. Some of you smell right. <laughs> I just picked up our own roast area. I think sometimes I have a little OCD. I don't want to admit it, but sometimes little things like that just make me crazy. Anyways, so Daryl and I booked a trip, and uh, we are going on February 28th, and I will be sitting on a beach uh, with a nice cold drink, you know, a Pepsi or something, sitting on the beach um, at around, I don't know, what do you think, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> So I absolutely love the beach. Is there anybody else who's a beach lover? Woo! Okay. I love to swim. Swimming is one of my favorite things to do. I love summer. I'm a summer person. I question God, what is with this winter thing? I don't understand. I know God doesn't make mistakes, but I don't understand why I was born uh, in a place that has snow. Anyways, it's lovely, it's beautiful, but I really love the heat and I love to swim. And so whenever we go camping or anything like that, whenever we pick a place that we're gonna go, my first question is, what's the swimming like? Can I swim? Is there a good swimming? That is something that I love, love, love to do. There is different kinds of people when it comes to the beach. And I, I, I really felt, for those of you who were here last week, my mom gave a word. Um, to all of us, and as she was speaking, it was three-quarters scripture of what she was saying, and I felt the Lord say that I was to elaborate on the word that she gave. So that is kind of uh, where this sermon is coming from. So we're going to get to that scripture in a minute, but we're just going to talk about it, and you can raise your hand if you want to admit. I'm going to put my glasses on because I want to see just for curiosity's sake. When it comes to going swimming, and you're at this beautiful beach, there's people that I just don't understand that literally, I'm gonna call them the sand people, okay? They come to the beach in their swimsuit attire, and they just sit on a chair on the sand. Any sand people? Oh, a few of you, shame, shame, shame. Then there's the ankle people. They come with their bathing suits, and they step into the water to their ankles, and oh, I got some giggles. Who's the ankle people? <laughs> then there's the knee people. <laughs> they're like, you know, they walk a little bit, and they're like, oh, I mean, you're real brave, and they go up to here in the water, and they're like, ooh, Nobody? Oh, there's one back there! Okay. Then we got the waist people. 
They're like, I'm going swimming. But here is far enough. <sighs> Where's my waist, people? Right there. Okay. Now here's the one that kills me. Okay, this one I I love. Do you know where I'm going with this one? The ones who get their bathing suit on, they're coiffed, their hair is looking lovely. And they get in the water and they swim like this. And they can swim for hours, but they don't get their hair wet. Oh, a wave! Okay, who's the ones who swim and you don't get your hair wet? to 
remember, this is a vision. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. And then he brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate, facing east, and the water was trickling. Everybody say trickling. Trickling from the south side. That's very important. You're just going to hang on to that word for a second. As the man went eastward, with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. So a thousand cubits is about like the length of your, a, a cubit is about this long, and he measured off a thousand, which is probably about, um, guesstimating about maybe a kilometer and a half, okay? So he measures off this amount of space, and then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. Where's my ankle deep, people? Yes. Okay. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee-deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, full plunge. A river that no one could cross. It was so, so deep. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on either side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down from Erebot, which enters into the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish because this water flows and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about this. He has a vision. It's very symbolic because there is no river in Jerusalem. There's no river. So what he's seeing is a vision. There is no temple at this point, but he sees a temple. What does this represent? Turn back a few pages to Ezekiel 43, verse 4. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing the east. So what I want you to grasp here is the temple represents the presence of God. Okay? The presence of God is there. The presence is in this place. So we're going to take... We're going to take the scripture and we're going to break it down. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read it again. The man brought me back to an entrance of the temple. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was coming down under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out through the north gate, led me to the outside of the outer gate, and, and uh, facing east. And the water was what? Trickling. Okay. Has anybody ever seen a river so deep, so vast, be created 
by just a tiny little trickle. No. Because the water will literally just absorb into, it might start maybe a little tiny something, but it's not going to turn into this vast, this vast, uh, massive, deep river. So what we need to understand is, is that God's presence in this place, in this temple, starts out as a slow, tiny trickle and ends up becoming something massive and deep and takes over. So five things we need to learn through this little chunk of scripture. Number one, realize that with God, all things are possible. He has power to create deep flowing water should he desire. God can create a river that is so deep that I can do a plunge all the way in if I want to. All started by a tiny little trickle. If we want to take this into our spiritual lives, God can take you from a powerhouse from Jesus by just starting out with something small and tiny as just a little seed of faith that God is real. That's all he needs from you. He just needs just believe in me. Just start there with a tiny little trickle and see what I can do in your life. If God chooses, he is all-powerful and he is able. Number two, look at the amount of times that we see that Ezekiel was led by this person, angel, son of man, whatever, however we want to refer. So five times in this little bit of scripture, we see that God led Ezekiel. Verse 2, it says, he brought me out. Verse 3, it says, he led me. Verse 4, two times it says, he led me. And then in verse 6, it says again, he led me. Wherever God wants us to go, no matter how deep it is, no matter how deep he wants you to go in his relationship with him, he will never make you do it on your own. First of all, he's not going to make you do anything. He will never like just say, just go, just go and, and, and read the Bible and try to do better and try, try to come to me and be a, a better person and just, you know, go deeper. He will always lead you into his presence. He will always go with you. Psalm 119, 133 says, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. This scripture verse is literally saying that God will direct your footsteps. Five times in this little verse, we see that he is being led the whole journey. The deeper he goes into the water, he is being led. He's not out there alone going, oh, what if my hair gets wet? That's not, he's, he knows that God is with him. Okay, number three. It says, started out ankle deep. Let's read verse three. As the man went eastward, 
and with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led me through the water that was ankle deep. So God doesn't, you know, he doesn't zap you, come have faith in me, and then he's gonna, and then all of a sudden he's gonna put all this pressure, and now you gotta go preach, and you gotta go do this, and all these things that seem like overwhelming, he's gonna bring you on a journey, and he's gonna bring you to that place where it's ankle deep. And then verse four, it says, he measured another thousand cubits, and now he was knee deep. And then another one in the second part of verse four, he was now waist deep. And then at the very end, verse five, now he is floating. It was deep enough for him to swim. So let's look at those. Ankle deep. Standing at the water, up to your ankles. We can stay there. Yes, when you first give your heart to the Lord, and, and it's a journey, and, and you're, you're going along. But, the, but, but it, as long as you're journeying, and you're growing, it's great. But if you come to the ankle, and you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to stay here. You become then a spectator. You become a spectator on being in this place in your relationship with the Lord where everybody else is drawing closer to the Lord. You're like, yeah, I'm good. I'll just keep my distance, thanks. You're missing out if you are that spectator. Why wear a bathing suit? So what's a spectator? Somebody who comes to church because you have to, because you feel obligated to, Somebody who comes and doesn't connect with people, doesn't get involved. Somebody who only comes once in a blue moon, whenever the need arises, when it's a holiday, when they feel like it, when they happen to wake up in the morning, that it's not a priority to them. Church, fellowshipping with one another, reading the word, worshiping, relationship with Jesus, praying is not priority. It's just something, if the mood hits, I'll do it. Knee deep. We can go in knee deep. But here's the thing. We're still in control. We st if a wave comes, we're good. We're anchored pretty good. We are still in control. We can run back to the beach with ease quickly. We can be there in like a hot second. Ha! <laughs> I say hot mess. And now I just said a hot second. She was bugging me about that. The more the water flows, sorry, knee deep, then they get to knee deep. You can run back with ease. Then they get to waist deep. So you're trusting God. You've, you've come a pretty good pace. But what we need to understand is our feet are still on the ground. We still have control. When a wave comes, when difficulty in life comes, we can still brace ourselves. We can still have control. We can still say, I can do this. We can say, I will take care of this. We can say, I got this. Because our feet are still planted on the ground. We are waist deep. Feet still on the ground, still in control. Then we get to the best part, the floating. 
where you dive right in, where you're over your head, where you literally can't touch bottom. Anybody remember as kids when you would swim off a dock or something and you're like, can you touch bottom? No. I can if I'm on my like tippy tippy toes, I can touch bottom. Anybody? Am I the only one? Okay. Can you touch bottom? This is when you can't touch, like there is no touching bottom. You are literally floating. Your full body is in the water. Now what happens when we are floating? Our body weight, it doesn't matter if you are 1,000 pounds. If you are in water that is over your head, your weight doesn't matter. You will float. You will, you know. <laughs> just thinking of some people who maybe can't. Because there are people who don't float. They just sink. I don't know. Anyways, side note. Um, you will float when you're over. Now, here's the thing that is the best part. You are completely reliant on the wave and the current of water. You have literally given up control. When you go to that point in your relationship with the Lord, you don't have control. So when those waves come, you're like, okay, God. When those difficulties come, I got no control, God. This is you. I got to rely on you. I'm floating. I'm hanging on to you, Lord. It says in 5b, I could not cross. There was so much water. The water that started out was a tiny little trickle turns into this massive river that he literally could not even imagine. What we see from this is the blessings of God. As we go through the journey of trusting him, okay, we're in my ankles, I'm going to go to my knees, I'm going to go to my waist, I'm going to go around, I'm going to full on dive in God. It doesn't make sense to me to completely lose control, but I'm going to trust you. And with that, God brings blessings. There was so much water they couldn't even fathom. So we can't fathom the blessings that will come if we trust in God. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12, we read this on our New Year's Sunday. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray. And I will listen to you, and you will seek me, and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, God will bring healing to you. He will bring blessings to you when you seek him, when you find and find him. He will show up. Verse 6 to 9. Then he led me to the bank of the river, and then I arrived there, and I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, region goes down to Arabah, where it enters into the Dead Sea. Now, what you need to understand about the Dead Sea is it is exactly what it says. It's dead. There is so much salt and so much mineral in this, in this kind of like uh, valley of water. There is nothing that can live in it. It's dead. There's no way to sustain life. And people actually go, when you go on a trip to Israel, uh, when you go there, a lot of times that's part of the tour, and people just go in and you just float. You literally just float. Doesn't matter how deep you are, you just stick up your legs and you're gonna float. Because there's so much salt and so much minerals. 
It says when it empties, when this river empties into the sea, the salty water therefore becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. God cleanses all the yuck and brings life where there is death. The Dead Sea is dead. But as the river that is God's spirit flows into it, as it comes and starts rushing into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea then becomes full of life. Full of life. All the salt, all the yuck, all the minerals will just literally wash away. So when you have the Spirit of God and you allow the Spirit of God to flow in you, not just to your ankles, not just to your knees, not just to your waist, but way over your head. When you do that, God's Holy Spirit cleansing river will clean you and cleanse you of all the yuck in your life. You will be, oh my goodness, can I get an amen for that one? Come on. You are a new creation. All the yuck, all the dirt, all the sin, all the past, all the attitude, all the, all the yucky junk, everything is literally washed away and you become clean. Amen. Now on the talk of immersion, we are doing a baptismal service. Woo! I can't wait. I love the baptism. February 19th, we are going to host a baptism service here. And I encourage you, if you have not been baptized, you need to be baptized. Because this is you making a declaration. I'm going all the way. I'm dunking. I'm diving in. I'm going to believe and trust in Jesus. I'm going to get my feet you know where I've got nowhere to stand anymore, and I'm going to trust in him. And I'm going to allow his fresh flowing river to flow through me so I can be a new creation. So February 19th, mark that on your calendar if you haven't been baptized. Come and talk to me. We need to make this happen. Number five, lastly, verse eight, I want to focus on becomes fresh. It's swarming with life. There's a large amount of fish that are swimming in here. He renews us as a source of life for hope. So we have hope, but also so that we can give hope to other people. This is not just all about me, people. This is not just, I want to become closer to Jesus so that everybody looks at me and goes, oh, she's so spiritual. No, this is, can you tell? I'm just like on a little hyper mode here. I want, this is so that we can give God the glory and be his example to other people. God gets the glory, and we are his examples. He washes us clean as snow. John 7, 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, we need to pause here for a second, because this is Jesus talking, and he says, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, well, guess what? They didn't have the New Testament then. They had the scripture we just read. As scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow through them. Rivers of living water can flow through you. We need to get to where we are 
floating, where we don't have control anymore. Our feet are not on the ground anymore. We're not standing on the outer courts. Now, when they had the temple, there was the outer courts, and then in the, in the center of the temple was what was called the Holy of Holies, and that's where God's presence resided in that time. We can't stand on the outer courts and expect to have holy of holy experience moments. We can't stand on the outer courts and go, oh, I want to experience that, but I'm, all, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay here. We need to get out of our comfort zone, get into the river where it's deep and we are floating and we have no control and allow God to move so that we can experience the benefits. I'm not going to read this scripture for time, but Matthew 18, 2 to 5, it talks about come like little children. And for those of you who maybe watch some of the videos that I do, I felt the other day to talk about how you go and ask a child to imitate an adult. And what do they do? They get really stiff and very serious. And they lower their voice. Yes, I need to go to work today. Why do children's perceptions see adults as these boring people that are so stiff and staunch and they have no fun? Diving into the river and being and just going with the waves. It is the best feeling ever. One time I was at a beach, we were, I don't know if we were camping or what, doesn't matter. My granddaughter, Grace, she was maybe, I don't know, six, maybe. And my daughter and I, they were, they were kind of on the shore, and my daughter and I were in the water, chick chat away, just chat away, la, 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 la. And we were up to about here in the water. And we see Grace coming, and we're just like, oh, she's coming, and Grace is coming. And coming, and the water's getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and all of a sudden Grace is gone. And we're chatting, and all of a sudden, I'm like, where's Grace? And I reach down and I pull her up. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I wanted to come and see you and mom. She had no concept of the danger. She just wanted to get the prize and hang out with the big people. At what point in our lives, in our spiritual lives, do we, like, I'm not going to let anybody have control. I'm not letting God have control. I need to have control. I need to just be this way and stay this way. I can't go off, like, dunking under. At what point in our lives does that happen? Can I encourage each and every one of you? Walk in like a child who literally is like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this is going to lead me. I don't know where God's going to take me. But all I know is I want to be floating and be with the fun people. Yeah. Worship team, come on up. I got my bathing suits here for a show. Why wear a bathing suit if you're not going to swim? You know, I when we when we say we call ourselves Christian, I mean there's such a, a wide variety. When people, oh yeah, I'm Christian. 
because I go to church on Easter and Christmas. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing anybody's relationship with the Lord. That's not my intention. But I encourage you to allow the Lord to speak. Because that's who's most, it doesn't matter what my words are. It's his words. If we can sing, stay. Why just stay at your ankles? I'm not, and, and we've had fun with the water thing. But right now I'm talking spiritually. Why stay at your ankles? Why stay at your knees and your waist where you still have control? Why not dive right in? Don't stand at the outer courts hoping and praying for holy of holy experience or watching holy of holy experience from the outside looking in and going, mm-hmm. You know, we get, that's where we get judgmental. You know, oh, they were, they were, did you see that pastor today? She was really dancing. That's a little radical. Did you hear that person praying so loudly? Wow, who do they think they are? That's when we become critical. When we stand in the outer courts and we judge. When we dive right in, I could do a cartwheel, I could care less. As long as it's, as long as it's, God, and not for show. But I don't want anybody to miss out. I don't want anybody. We talked about this in Bible study on, on Wednesday night. Like, even if half of our church committed, 50%, 50% committed, to get into the word and pray and dive in full like head the whole shebang. Put your bidding suit on, dive in. 50% of you. This church would, we, we would be like mind-blowing what would be happening here. Mind-blowing. There wouldn't be an empty chair in here. Because you know what? When you're so full of demons, I know I get intense. I know sometimes I get a little intense about stuff, and I apologize for anybody that I'm kind of like freaked out. But like when you're excited for Jesus, you can't contain it. You can't contain it. So if half of us were to commit to dive in, huh, it wouldn't be long the other half would be like, I'm in. I want that. Can I ask you, will you be that percent? Will you die in? Make 2024 the year that you don't stand on the sidelines. Like God was standing on the sidelines. Quit making excuses. Quit allowing the enemy bring distractions. Be like, oh, it's so hard. Well, at least we're not nailed into a cross. That's hard. That's harsh, and that sounds harsh, but you know what? There are people dying going to hell in our community. Dying and going to hell. And we'd have to church. Sing a couple songs. Go home. Don't talk to Jesus. Don't read the Bibles. Don't come back to church. Oh, I guess I'm going to go because if I don't go, Pastor Randy's going to be bugging me here. Where are you? 
made a commitment to myself this year. Just going to throw that out there. This is not in my mind, my thoughts, and hopefully it was the God. I'm not going to harass you to come to church anymore. For those of you who are watching online or at home or not showing up today, you can spread the word. Jesus didn't harass anybody to follow him. He wasn't on Facebook. Hey, we missed you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing. 